So Crisp, a tasty bite-sized podcast that serves business, bravery, branding, beauty, sex, love, motherhood, womanhood, feminism, labels, psychology, marketing, messaging, mavenry, musicals, and the mess we call life. All deliciously dished up and ready to consume. In fact, is there anything we don't discuss? Not with Jay Crisp Crow, copywriting queen from Crisp Copy in the kitchen. I hope you're hungry. Tori Kopke's website copy starts with, I don't believe in fancy buzzwords and chats about innovation. I believe in setting goals, getting focused and achieving results. Straight down the line, but tempered with one of the bleeding sunniest dispositions and can-do vibe I've ever been bear-hugged with. Tori says she's a Texan transplant and has found herself in rural WA running a farm with her husband and helping particularly rural businesses with her fresh and experienced advice. Tori is one of my favourite kinds of business owners. She's multi-layered, she's complex, she's interesting and she has opinions. Her Facebook post on not quite knowing what to call oneself when you run a farm with your farming husband is both hilarious and poignant and dear listener, you know I love a woman who has something to say. I first met Tori when she was extraordinarily pregnant at a rural event I was invited to speak at in Kalingari. It's not just her accent that makes her immediately noticeable, however. Tori's kind of sparkly. So when she pitched to come on So Crisp and talk about the way women talk about their businesses, I jumped at the chance. Huge welcome to you, Tori. Have I missed anything? Um, you've, you're welcome to introduce yourself. I know that you are not a farmer's wife, for example. You can leave with that. <laughs> I think you covered it all. I've, I, I think I'm going to start introducing myself as a bit sparkly, like welcome <laughs> to my world. It sparkles a bit. I just love that. So thank you for the beautiful introduction. And I'm so excited to be here today. Excellent. Okay. So what we're talking about today, which I just love, just love, is the dreaded just that word that just word. Tori, you work with rural businesses um, and, you know, as you say, things operate a little bit differently out here in the sticks, um, but you've still come across that age-old issue so many of us have, and when I say us, I mean people who identify as women, regardless of where we work or live or what industry we're in. Um, I, I always like to quote a little bit of someone clever when we have so crisp, you know, you and I are clever enough, but someone else is nice too. So Ellen Petrie Lenz is an entrepreneur and she used to work for Google and Apple. Um, and she said in an article, I began to notice that just wasn't about being polite. It was a subtle message of subordination and of deference. Sometimes it was self-effacing, sometimes even duplicitous. As I started really listening, I realized that striking it from a phrase almost always clarified and strengthened the message. And as women, we tend to do it in a lot of places, like the beginnings of emails. Just letting you know, I'm just writing about, and possibly even worse, talking about ourselves and our brands. Um, Tori, I'm sure you've heard this. I hear this all of the time. Oh, I'm just running my little business or my little or hobby business, um, I think tend to go hand in hand with the just. So tell us about how you feel about just it is just of course I say it um it's a word that gets my goat it ah oh, and I get it all the time so where I see it the most is so we have um I have a community of rural business women they're all fabulous and wonderful 
when they join the community, um, I usually send an email and I say, hey, you know, tell me about your business. What are you up to? Where are you at? Where, where are, what corner of Australia are you in? And nine times out of 10, maybe not that often, but it feels like it. Someone comes back with, oh, I've just got a little business. It's, it's just a small thing. I, oh my goodness, ladies, it is not just a little business. And I, to me, just doesn't, it, it does more than minimize and it does more than make us smaller in the world. It also, it, it's part of self-talk as well in that we're reducing how we see ourselves and it's so unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I think it, language and the way that you speak about yourself and your business is so important. And even if you never write it in website copy or you never put it in an email, um, even if you manage to avoid it when you're writing things, the way that you, you're exactly right, the way that you communicate with yourself in your head, if those things sneak in, it really, it does. It minimizes the way that you think about yourself. Um, how, how do you, so how do you see that kind of self-talk or the way that um, women communicate their value and their brand and how fabulous they are? How do you see it impacting the work that women could do or do do in, in the world? Well, I think that using language like that just imposes a glass ceiling that we don't need. We (laughs) We have enough challenges. So like, let's not do that, ladies. Let's let that one go (laughs) and just really embrace the idea that we're not minimizing our own vision and we're not minimizing ourselves. You know, don't apologize for our place in the world and for the work that we're doing. It might be small because you can only dedicate five working hours to it a week, but that doesn't minimize its value to your family, to your community, to to the greater good. Because you can only dedicate a certain amount of time to it or because you're at the very infancy or maybe you've been along the journey for a while, it doesn't mean that it's any less. And I think that that's really important in stopping and recognizing that, that really embracing it for what it is and um, using words like just and minimizing our vision. Those are our thoughts that become a reality, which means when you are ready to take that next step to be, you know, I'm going to make it a six figure business or multi six figure business. You've had this language that you've been thinking over and over again about how it's just this small thing or it's my little hobby. And then that's just a barrier that you're going to have to overcome with your own self-talk to make it larger than life and make it your grand sweeping vision that you really want it to be. So from the start, you just give it the value that it needs. This episode is brought to you by the brand new Fresh as a Daisy Crisp Copy Blogathon. Spend four modules working on your blog copywriting with me, Jay Crisp Crow, in a self-paced platform bursting with recordings, downloadables, and actionable copy blogging advice. Use the code SOCRISPPODCAST to get 15% off your blogathon spot at crispcoffee.com.au forward slash blogathon. You predominantly work with women who are living um, <clears throat> quite rurally. Some of your um, some of your business owners live um, out in the out in the sticks, as you say, out in the bush. Um, do you? 
I kind of want to bring it back to the the little Facebook post that ended up being kind of published everywhere about I'm not just a farmer's wife. Um, Do you feel like that kind of goes hand in hand with women who are maybe living out on the farm and, you know, they've started something because they've seen a gap in the market or they just want to do it, which is, by the way, a very good reason to start a business just because you want to, Um, with, uh, you know, like the that concept of talk us through, tell, tell everybody who's listening about the little thing that you wrote about not quite knowing what to call yourself when you're not just the farmer's wife, but you're not really the farmer. Exactly. So I have now advanced to saying I have a farming side hustle. <laughs> I don't know what else you to found call a label. it. Oh, that's good. <laughs> um, still don't know what to call it. Um, but essentially the, the whole post was about how, you know, I shouldn't be identifying myself by my husband's occupation. He doesn't call himself a business coach's husband. That's ridiculous. <laughs> um, so that, that was the whole premise of the post is, you know, I do have this role that I fill on the farm and it it is being a farmer's wife, but I'm so much more than a farmer's wife. Um, and still, I don't like that, that I have to define the role by, by my husband. Um, and so it was just about, yeah, finding, and so many people had, had the same, same feedback that, you know, I am more than that role. And why is it that we have to put ourselves in this little box? And yeah. oh, there was so much feedback around it. Um, because no, I'm not driving a tractor every day, but I am fulfilling a role on the farm that needs to be done. It's just, there's no nice label for it except for farming side hustle (laughs) yeah yeah i i can imagine though that when you when you're in when all the when all the major decisions are made in your life as a woman or a mother um based on the location of where you live um which for a lot of your people is out um in rural australia um you you can start to define yourself by that location and the role that you've had to pick up because you live out on a farm do you think that that ties in with the my thing is just little because really our big thing that we talk about 80 percent of the time and worry about and fingers crossed for rain at exactly the right time and now rain stop please and you know all this other stuff that farmers have to deal with that is so emotional it's such an emotional investment do you feel that that adds to um women's businesses that they start because they're out there being feeling like it's just a little thing yes definitely you know when we're talking about farming twenty thousand acres or or extraordinary amounts of land and your whole life is dictated by seasons and rainfall and when the sheep are coming in that of course it feels minimal in terms of your overarching life because it is dictated literally by the land. But it doesn't mean that that little space that you've carved out for yourself is any less. And I think it's really important to recognize that there was a reason you went into business and there was a reason you started it. So let it have its space that it needs and, and let it be your big thing in life. Let it be the thing that, that takes you away from the farm that lets you, um, I think be the best version of yourself because that's what I find so much in business is that we can really grow and flourish when we're given, when we give ourselves space and 
you know, it is a different hat that you're wearing, but it's the hat that you've designed. And mm. I think that's the best part about being in business. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, that same author before that I quoted said um, that the more she thought about it, the more she realized that just is a child word. Um, and if, when you use it like that, it puts the conversation partner into the parent position um, which grants them more authority and control. And that's not where we need to be as women in business. Definitely, definitely not right now when we live in a country where we have the right and a lot of us are allowed to, allowed, but you know what I mean, the society allows us to create something that we just want to do and work in a business that we, that we want to run. So if we're thinking about like language or writing or messaging what do you recommend that people replace the just with? What, how else can we talk about it? I mean, I wish every time you thought of your business as small, or if you're writing an email as I'm just checking in, I wish you would think in your head something like, I am woman, hear me roar, you know? <laughs> like, let's just approach it with strength and confidence and and your own power statement, be your own hype squad. So I think if you are writing just take a minute to edit yourself and ask yourself, why do you feel like it needs to be in there? Mm. Because like you said, you can edit it out, um, but that doesn't actually change our thought process. And so I think we need to address why, why it, it is there in the first place and what yeah. we can do to start editing our thoughts. Because once we can change our thoughts, then we can change our reality. Yeah. If, and, and just is, <clears throat> it's, it's one of those words that asks for permission before you've even started, which just, which just says, which says to the person reading it exactly like that quote says that, um, that, it's almost like they're put upon to be reading your email rather than approaching every single time you write an email thinking, I'm actually delivering you some value. You should be grateful. <laughs> Did you say be your own exactly. hype squad before? Did you? Uh, yeah. Be yeah your squad. Squad. I love it. That needs to go on a t-shirt. Uh, oh, I love it. Um, now in your, in your pitch, you wrote something about the Oxford comma. And I just, I've, we've never talked about the Oxford comma on So Chris, so I jumped at that opportunity. What the heck, people, is with you not using the Oxford comma? And I know you're with me on this, Tori, because you were like, people got to use Oxford comma. <laughs> um, do, you want to do you want to explain to, to listeners what the Oxford comma is? So the Oxford comma is used in America, like, I would have probably failed uni if I didn't use the Oxford comma. Re then oh, I moved wow. to Australia and discovered, yeah, yeah, like, holy moly, people, we use the Oxford comma. Then I moved to Australia, <laughs> and when I was in corporate, it kept getting edited out. And I was like, what the heck? Yes. Like, why Why are people, what, like, I know, I, I mean, I'm not a copywriter, but I know how to write, and I know that the Oxford comma that needs to be used. So, yeah. Yeah, so it's in a like penultimate list. You use it so that you can have some distinction between um, between the list. So it, especially if you're using a word like gin and tonic. <laughs> so it um, yeah, it clarifies what each item is. And gosh, you guys, I don't understand why Australia doesn't use it. I have I had get it. I have had clients argue with me, and they've said that's not how we were taught in school. And I'm like, well, school's wrong. <laughs> Or when you're, 
wrong. Yeah, school is wrong. Or like, and 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 a lot of copywriting is not about academic writing, obviously, because we start sentences with and and because because it's conversational. Copy should be conversational. But what the Oxford comma does is it allows your reader's brain to make a break. And so, like the, the, the my favourite example was a screenshot of the front cover of a magazine, and it's got a picture of this woman, and she looks like a country and western singer, and she's got a dog, right? <clears throat> and it says Rachel Ray finds inspiration in cooking her family and her dog, and it has no Oxford comma, so it literally reads as if she finds inspiration in cooking her family members and her puppy, and that's what happens when you don't use it. I know this is a massive sidestep from the word just. <laughs> because I'm a little bit but it needs to be covered. Yes. It is important. Today's the day you all start using the Oxford comma. So you're picking up <gasps> Oxford comma and you're scrapping just. And that's what we're doing today. <gasps> oh, funny. Okay. Well, being a copywriting nerd, I always like to add a CTA into everything. Uh, conversations I have with my children. They love that. They love it when I add in a call to action. Um, and in this podcast, story, if women listening to this body today are thinking, cripes, I do that all the time. I am a juster. What can they do about it today? The littlest, smallest step that they can take today to stop, to stop it, <laughs> to stop justing. So I think you need your own power statement. Like, create, like I said, I am woman, hear me roar. Have a power statement so that when you are maybe writing an email and you notice that you've snuck that just in there, you're talking about your little business, think of your power statement and be like, nope, that's who I am. That's what my business is. And that's what I'm going to mentally replace with the word just. Yeah. That way you start training in your brain away from that um, minimizing and demeaning feeling that goes with the word just. Love it. Thank you so much for being so crisp with me, Tori Kopke. You very, very, very much not just a farmer's wife and not just a small business owner and woman who roars. <laughs> Would you like to take it back? I trust Tori to do that. Like, if she just introduced the word hype squad to me. I'm using that everywhere from now on. Oh, so, good. I love it, love it, love it. Uh, so, Tori, take us out with the may your day be so crisp. May your day be so crisp, as crisp as Freshly cut hay, because it's outside my window. <laughs> oh, I love it. Thank you so much for talking to us all the way from up on the farm. Thank you for having me. It's been fabulous. This has been So Crisp, and my guest has been Tori Kopke, lover of red wine, gin, pate, and Wednesdays, which belong to her little boy, Oxford Commas, soul sister, and owner of a Texan accent and a farm in rural Western Australia. If you're keen on getting Tori to help you achieve some cool goals with accountability, including deleting the feeling of just from your business operations, you can find her at torikopke.com. You've been listening to So Crisp with copywriter, copy coach and consultant Jay Crisp Crow. If you've loved this episode, get all the juicy details and links at crispcopy.com.au forward slash podcast. Make sure you never miss a bite by subscribing to So Crisp wherever you get your podcasts. Want to help us spread the deliciousness? Rate and review this show and share with your mates. Remember, if there's a copy question you want nibbled at, email me straight away right now.